tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for each one in this place. God, just give us ears to hear what you would say tonight. We love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to continue our series on Tis the Season to Be. And incidentally, Sunday, we're going to be talking about Tis the Season to Be a Giver. And don't say, well, I'm just not going to come because he's going to be talking all about tithes and giving to God. No, we're not going to be talking all about that, but there's going to be some of that in there. And the reason why we do that is not for our benefit, it's for your benefit. That you can realize the importance. But we're going to look at giving naturally and what happens and giving spiritually and what happens. So it's going to be a double-sided message on Sunday. And I'm just really excited about it. I haven't got all the points yet, but I know that I've got the key element and the structure of it all. And we're going to build on that. And today, as we continue, I want to talk tonight about tis the season to be an example. I want to talk tonight about being an example. And when I first kind of looked at this series and kind of wrote down some ideas of where we were going to go with this, I I didn't have any direction in this way. I, I never even considered the thought of being an example to be one of the messages And and God really kind of changed the direction of this part. But that's okay because when God's in control, he can do whatever he likes. And I just really believe that there's going to be something tonight that is really going to jump out at you about being an example, about being the right example to all others around us. Listen to this statement I wrote down today. The sphere of influence all around us is greater than we realize. I'm going to say that another way, and that is this. We have the ability to touch and reach so many people. The sphere around us, the magnitude to which we come in contact with people and and the life that we live outside of these walls, I think is so much greater than many times we realize. You see, you don't have to be behind a pulpit. You don't have to be, quote, in chapter and verse, but it's through living it. It's through living it. It's through being an example that we can impact so many lives. I like this thought that we can collide with people's world. Think about that. We can bombard. We can collide with people's world. You know what the manger did? The manger was a colliding. It was a meeting place between God and man. And our lives can be a lot like that, that we can be that colliding point, that point of contact where people meet Jesus, that people see Jesus in our lives. And I really want that to be the thought that goes through your mind, not only tonight, but throughout your life. Man, I'm called to be an example. I'm called to be a light in darkness. I'm called to be a signpost that shows people the way to Christ. I wonder if you've ever considered how many people perhaps you come in contact with a daily basis. A lot of people. 
Some may be the same people because you work with the same people every day, but never fail to see that there's still opportunities with the same people every day. Because same people have different problems. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And you can be a lie. But just say for argument's sake that we come in contact with five different people every day. Now some may say, well that's not much because I come in contact with more than that. But just say it's five. What you've got to see today is you're not just coming in contact with five people. Well you just said we're coming in contact with five. What do you mean? Well listen, that five will come in contact with another five who then come in contact with a another. Can you see that a word that you could say to someone in the morning could have spread to literally hundreds of people by the time you lay your head on your pillow that night? Just through five people because then they turn. Can you see the power that your life can have? You see, you've got to realize and we have to realize that my life can make a difference. But the only problem is when we talk about my life can make a difference, that means positive and negative. And I've got to realize that there's got to be less of the negative and a whole lot more. I'm going to rephrase that. There's got to be none of the negative. And it's got to be all positive in our lives. So we've got to look and say, am I making good deposits? When I come in touch with people, and and tomorrow's a new day to start if you haven't thus far in your work. Tomorrow's a new day to start making the right deposits of people. So this is the season. Tis the season. I really believe it's time that we as children of God set the example for Jesus Christ. A coined phrase, been really used out, but it's still a good one. And that is this. You may be the only Bible someone may read. You may be the only Bible that someone reads. I wonder what gospel message they are reading from our lives. You know, when we start talking about example, it can take on many shapes and forms as we live out our lives. We can be an example at our workplace. We can be an example on the field or on the court if we play sports. We can be an example in our homes, to our children, to our husbands, to our families. We can be an example in our neighborhood, to our neighbors, those around us. When I moved into a neighborhood in Watson, I prayed and I said, God, I want you to give me my whole cul-de-sac. Now, by the time I moved out, I didn't save the whole cul-de-sac and they weren't coming. But there was three people out of the six houses on my cul-de-sac that were coming to church. Why? Because you can be an example to your neighbors. Don't just shut yourself in and close the doors. Be an example. So we're talking about that. I can be an example at the mall when I'm walking. Whatever I'm doing, I can hold the door open for someone. I can be a smile. I can pick something up if someone drops it. I can help someone. I can do something. I can just be nice to people and say thank you. I can be an example online. This is a whole new aspect that we didn't have a few years ago. But what an example I can be through Facebook, through Instagram. Just so many ways I can touch the world now just with the click of a button. I can be an example at the grocery store. Listen to this one. I can be an example when I think no one else is looking. A lot of times we forget that. But it's amazing when we think no one's looking. A lot of times there's people who are. 
Kelly and I can go to a lot of places, and some places we go, like we go to the mall or something, we always have a little kind of game, and we always say, okay, how many people are we going to see that we know? Because it just seems like everywhere we go, my kids always laugh, and they say, Dad, everyone knows you. And it's kind of scary, really, but there you go. But um, we, we were just at the flea market the other day out near our house, and, man, you're not expecting to know anyone at the flea market. I mean, who really goes to the flea market? Don't If you do, then great. We did, so it's all good. So I'm just walking around the flea market, and all of a sudden, I just turned the corner, Kelly, and then we're just taking off, and I'm just looking at some stuff, and I hear, hey, Pastor P, and I'm like, what? Who are you? And it's some people who used to come to the church, and I really was encouraging them. But you see, wherever you can be, you never realize the example and the light that you can be. And that's why you've got to be so careful. I want to give a scripture tonight from Acts 16, 25, and that is this. Look at this scripture in the Acts 16, verse 25, and it says this, but at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. That's Acts 16, 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. I like what the Message Bible says and it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. And the other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. I like that. Let me say that again. The other prisoners could not believe their ears. Why were the other prisoners shocked? Why couldn't they believe? What was it that they were listening to? Well, you know what? They couldn't understand why they would be doing what they were doing. Why would Paul and Silas be singing, why would they be praying, why would they be praising God when they had just been beaten, they would just been thrown into prison, and it wasn't just prison, they were put in the lowest pit in the prison, and if that wasn't bad enough, they were put in stocks, they were stretched, they're beaten, it's just a rough situation, but in the middle, and if that wasn't bad enough, it's midnight, it's the darkest time of the day. So it couldn't get much worse than where they were at, but the Bible says what, they began to sing And they began to praise God. And as a result, there were people who were watching. There were people who were listening. How were they able to do this? I mean, how do you do stuff like that? Well, we heard a little bit about it on Sunday. But look what it says in Acts 4 verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness or the example of Peter and John. Now I know we're talking about Paul and Silas. This scripture is talking about Peter and John. I know it's different people, but you've got to understand they're of the same group. They're the same group. They're the same followers. They're the same disciples of Christ. And guess what? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived what? They looked at them and said, hold on a second. These people are uneducated. They're untrained. And they marveled and realized one thing. What was it they realized? They've been with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. Really what has been said here is the only thing that we can conclude is this. Jesus is in their lives. God has done something in their life that there's such a change. They were incapable of being what they were except for Jesus. Come on, that sounds familiar to my testimony. I don't know if that sounds familiar to yours. I'm incapable of what I do except for Jesus. Sounds really familiar to me. They were then commanded not to speak about Jesus. So they said, hold on, these are ignorant, untrained men. But they've been with Jesus. How can we stop them? We'll tell you what. We'll tell them not to speak about Jesus anymore. 
And they threatened them with their lives. They told them, we're going to kill you if you do that, really is what they said. And this is the reply that Peter comes back with in Acts 4 verse 20. He says, for we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. As the result of a change that had taken place, Peter said, you can do whatever you want to us. We're going to be an example wherever we go. Did you see that? That's why Paul and Silas, when they're in prison a few chapters later, that's why they're praising God. Why? Because God was so real inside of them that they were determined no matter the situation and the circumstances, they were still called to be a light in darkness. And one thing we know is the darker the night, the brighter the light. The greater the opportunity to be an example, something so powerful had happened inside of them. And it wasn't just something that they told people about. People saw it in them. Because hold on a second, I mean, that's, that's a dumb person. I mean, that's an ignorant person. How can they have what they have? How can they have joy? We know their circumstance and situation. We know they lost their job. We know they're going through financial trouble. We know the doctor's report. We know the husband left. We know this. How can they have that? And the conclusion over and over again is if we live a life of example, guess what? People are going to say, it must be something. And the conclusion is going to be, it's going to be God. It's going to be God. You see, what an opportunity, an example that we have. You see, because as a result of them living different, other people's lives were changed. They didn't live the same way anymore. They didn't move to the same beat of that drum. They had a difference in their life. Their lives and everyone who, comes, who would come in contact with them, both on purpose and by accident, would never be the same again. You know, there's some people who are going to come across your path by put on purpose, and there's going to be a whole lot more on accident. But you know what? You have an opportunity, whether it's a divine opportunity or whether it's just by accident and coming across people, that you have the opportunity to still touch people. Can I talk about an accident that I thought that happened, but God set it up as a divine appointment? With mum and dad coming over, we're looking at the possibility of, on a monthly basis, renting a corporate apartment. There are some apartment complexes that have apartments that are fully furnished that are a corporate apartment that they rent out on a monthly basis to doctors or business people who are coming in town. So I made a call for a place that's out near us while I was driving on airline, and I got this young lady, and her name was Haley, and she said, hello, I'm Haley, how can I help you? And I said, hey, my name is Philip, here's the situation, here's what I need. And she says, I know you. She said, I used to work with you at Jimmy Swaggers. I said, cool. I said, give me your name again. She said, my name is Haley Holmes. I said, I know exactly who you are, Haley. How you doing? What's been going on in your life? And just kind of had a casual conversation with her and just told her what I needed. She said, Philip, let me look into it. I'll get back with you. So that was just three days ago. So yesterday... She had called back and I'd missed it. Nancy had taken a message and I called her yesterday afternoon and I called her. I said, listen, Haley, here's the deal. I'm really just calling to tell you to put that on hold right now. We're looking at some other situations and some things, but thanks for looking at that and just everything. But you know what? I didn't feel led just to hang up the phone. There was an accident that was now turning into a divine appointment. And I just began to share with her. I says, so how's everything going? I said, are you still married? And what's the circumstance? And she began to share with me that she'd gone through a divorce and the situation that she was in and just all these kind of things. And I said to her, do you mind if I pray with you? And as I began to pray for her, she broke down. And she began to weep and sob on the phone. 
And after I stopped praying, I said, sorry, I said, I didn't mean to make you cry. She says, no, I needed this. She says, you've got no idea. She said, I've been looking for a church home. I've been looking and I've been crying out for God. And she said, it's no accident that you called and that we are now being put back in contact. And I thought to myself, an accident can be turned into a divine appointment. Why? By being an example. Come on, it's so easy with talking and ministering to people that I know all the time that it would be so easy to turn people off that I don't really know and say, sorry, I haven't got time for you. I've got enough problems within our church and enough things to handle and enough things to do without worrying about someone else. But can you see the example that your life, the impact that you can have? It's just as simple as, can I pray with you? If there's a need, it's very rare that I'll ever leave that person without saying, do you mind if I pray with you? Kelly and I were in Walmart the other day buying some plants or buying a Christmas tree or Christmas lights. And the lady who greets you at the, um, at the um, garden center, you know how they have someone to stop you just in case people go out that way. And she was checking our receipt and I'm just talking away to her. It was cold that morning. Were you with me that day? It may have been on my own. But anyway, she's there and she's cold and I was making a joke about it. And she goes, oh, and I haven't been very well. I've got this. I said, can I pray for you? What an opportunity just to pray for her. I may never see that lady again. But you know what? I gave an opportunity and I left a deposit in her life. You see, by purpose or by accident, a lot of us pray, God used me today, but yet we walk past a hundred people on the way looking for the one. Huh? By accident, we can touch a lot more people many times than on purpose. And we've got to look for that. Listen to these scriptures. Colossians 1 verse 27, it says, To them God willed to make known... What are the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? God will to make known to people what? What is it that God wants to be made known? That it's God in you, in your life. You've got to see this is the hope of glory. That there's hope for people's life. Why? Because of God in who? God in me. It's Christ in me. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. Look at Matthew 5 verse 16. Let your light, not your neighbors, not your pastors, not your church. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Not your pastors, not your parents, not your neighbors, not those around you. It's dealing with you, 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 your light, your witness, your testimony that they may see your good works and guess what God gets the glory and God gets the glory because they will glorify your father in heaven what's the greatest thing that brings glory to God a soul that is saved a life that is touched nothing else is there a party in heaven over apart from one soul that gets saved and when one soul gets saved God says we're having a party today the angels in heaven the Bible says rejoice over one sinner that's saved nothing else glorifies God nothing else rocks God's boat and just gives him the glory and gives him that than a soul that's saved you and I are to be that example unto Christ Being an example is such a powerful way to win others to Christ. Allowing the words of your life to follow the actions of your life. Notice what I say? Allowing your words to follow the actions. Too many people allow their actions to follow their words. That's not what we're looking at. We want our words to back up our actions. Why? Because they say talk is cheap. What does that mean? So easy to talk about being a Christian, but yet too many people are talking and not enough are walking. Come on, if you're not walking the life, shut up talking the life. Come on, I'm just saying it in the kindest way I can. 
If you're not going to walk it, quit talking it because you're being a hypocrite and you're turning people away from God and that's not being an example. Come on, that's not being an example. You've got to first what? You've got to first walk it so you can talk it. Okay? Walk it, then you have the right to talk it. Listen, an orange tree does not have a sign and says, hello, I'm an orange. Why do you know it's an orange? You know it because of the fruit it produces. My life, your life must be the same way. If you have to tell someone you're a Christian, you've probably missed it. If you have to explain to people the reason why you don't do all these things, and they say, wow, you're a Christian. I've worked with you for three years and I never knew that. Come on, you've got to examine your life. I'm not being unkind, but tis the season to be an example. Some changes need to be made in our lives. Why? Because God has called us to be a witness and called us to be a light. Trey and Pete are going to come and help me right now. Can you grab that one over there? And I want to ask you all a question, if I could, tonight. And, and feel free just to enter in and participate with us tonight. But I want to ask some questions in here, and I want your help. What are some of the ways you think that we can really be an example to other people? Come on, who wants to go first? What are some of the ways that we can be an example to other people? Anyone want to go first? Don't all go at once. Come on, anyone? 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 Put your hand up. Come on. Come on, Tamara. You pray with them. Pray with them? Fantastic. Good one. Like if you're at work, um, don't participate in gossip. Okay, fantastic. That's awesome. Anyone else? Abraham. If they're hungry, give them something. Give them something to eat. Good one. Good one. Anyone else? All good answers. Anyone? Say that. Well, hold on a second till the mic comes. Talk with positive. Think positive. Okay, so living a positive, good life, you can be an example to other people who are maybe feeling down. They can look at you and they can take some insight. They can take some encouragement off of that. Good. Anything else? Visit the sick. Visit the sick. Good. Good. How many would agree with me tonight? There are many ways that we can be an example. And it doesn't all have to be chapter and verse. You know what I mean by chapter and verse? People think if they're not preaching from the Bible or giving them a scripture that they're not really telling people about Jesus. That's the biggest lie that you've got to get out of your mind. Why? Because people can argue this and will argue this probably, but you know what? Your experience and your testimony is something so powerful that people can argue all they want, but they can't change it. Why? Because it's real to you. And because it's real to you, nothing can take that. Why do you think it's important that we are the right example. Come on, help me out. Why do you think it's important that we are a right example to God? Has anyone got anything they want to add with that? Why is it important that we are the right example to other people? Molly. Because if we're the right example, then it can attract people to the Lord. Okay, cool. Good. Anything else? Anyone else? Everyone's gone quiet on me tonight. Done for you. Say that again from the beginning. I, I said you can tell them what God have done for you. Okay, all right. Because then you can't, don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to hide the fact because you're being a good example. So your words are backing up your actions, not the other way around. Good. Anyone else? Try. You may actually be the only right example in somebody's life. Cool. Cool. You may be the only example. How important is that, Abraham? Show them the love of Christ. Okay. Okay, good. 
I want to ask you this. Is anyone here tonight, and, and this is just a few words, please, because I want to move on um, or take as many people as we can. But in, not in a mini-sermon, but in a few words, how many would want to share a testimony tonight about how living the right example touched someone else's life? Anyone got just a short testimony? Again, let's try and keep it short so we can bring as many people in as we can. How many people have got something about an example, how it touched someone's life? Misty? Actually, you and Miss Kelly sewed into my life over a year ago, and inevitably it brought me here. Awesome. Awesome. The simple thing, Misty's testimony was, we sat down at a table during a wedding, and Kelly and I just sat down, and at that table in the wedding we began to talk, and I said to them, you know what, they were talking about a marriage course that they wanted to go to, and I said, you know what, Kelly and I would love to invest into your marriage, and we'd love to pay for you to go on that course, is that okay? And they're like shocked. Why would we do that? We didn't even know them. And um, that wedding, during the next day, I handed them money to go to that course. And as a result, Misty and them, they found our church. And now, look, she's the front row girl. I'm so proud of her. 11 months and she's smoke-free. Isn't that phenomenal? So phenomenal. So phenomenal. Anyone else? A short testimony. Uh, my grandkids started coming first, and then they brought us, and then my mom and my brothers, and we're still bringing more. <laughs> Come on. Fantastic. Because of that. Anyone else got another test me? Look Joanne over there. Say, I, um, a woman I used to work with, a friend of my sister's, has called from California asking us to pray for her, and I didn't even realize that I had discussed it or that my sister had discussed our church but she knew we were a praying church and she needed that prayer and she called from California and have had numerous other people I didn't even realize that I had impacted and uh, I was at a dinner party and uh, friends of my husband asked hey how about your church how are you doing at church and stuff and he's talked to his golf buddies and these people and stuff so it's come back to me, like when you're feeling low and stressed and stuff like that, people come up and tell you, oh, wow, how's your church? And it's just amazing, like you said, that you could, you didn't even realize you had touched those people. Awesome. Fantastic. Agnes? This is my, my name, Hannah Carey. And they were talking about it today. I they I'm not going to say to pay for you. They just turned over to the house. But he didn't have that one scam. I thought I got over with you. That's why. He had the seatbelt on, thank God. He had the seatbelt on. Awesome. Yeah. But, I didn't hear him talking. But God was just saying that. God knows he, he forgot about that and of your life. So you're saying that one of someone she knew had a, a car accident and as a church they were able to pray and that she was okay and just how you can have an impact and have an example. Just how you can impact people's lives. It can be the simplest things, can't it? Anyone else? Miss Ginny? Oh, about 15 years ago, um, 
we met this young, um, well, about a middle-aged man in church. Uh, we found out later that uh, he was homeless, and we got to know him a little bit better, a little bit better, and uh, we found out he had been in Angola and, you know, had finished his time and everything, and uh, we started inviting him over to eat and everything, and one Sunday we were coming out of church, and, and we got in the vehicle, and A.C. tells me, and I was about to tell him the same thing, why don't we invite him to live with us? Because the children had moved out. They were, you know, on their own. And I said, well, suppose it's the wrong decision. He said, well, then it won't be your fault and it won't be my fault. It'd be both our fault. <laughs> so we invited him in and he lived with us, what, 18 months. In that time, we brought him to the Lord. He joined the church. And after 18 months, he moved to Missoula, Montana, where he had lived before and loved being, living there. So he went back to live there. And we found out later on that he had cancer and he has since died. But I felt so good in knowing that he had received the Lord. Awesome. Awesome. Isn't that phenomenal? Opportunities right there. Yes. <coughs> I... I like too much you preaching, Pastor. Be example. It's easy to come to church, but you come to Jesus Christ. It's easy singing in the temple, in the church, in your home, but you come to Jesus Christ. Example in the company, example in the school, example be. In the in the job, in the company on the you work, because it's necessary the lie, the lie, you life, you person life, or your sister, brother, friend, in the company, in the church, in the school, in the university, in the college. Change your life because another people see to you the life of Jesus Christ. That's right, that's right. Good, good, good. Any other testimonies about just a life that was changed or a testimony of what happened being an example to God? Anyone else got anything? Well, let me just finish off. You know, there are many ways tonight that we could look at, and there's many things that we could talk about and important reasons for being an example. But in closing tonight, I I just want to talk to parents. Can I just talk to every parent in here for a few moments? Because I believe one of the greatest calls of example that we need to be is to our children and to be our families that we have. And just to really understand the awesome responsibility that God has entrusted into our care and how important it is to be an example to our children, to our future children, Here's the thought, maybe you don't have any children, but to be an example to kids on your street, to be an example to kids in the church, just there's so many ways that we need to be an example. And just this week I was reading the the Word for Today. If you don't have one of those devotions, the Word for Today, they're on the table on your way out. You need to grab one of those. They're free of charge. I'm telling you, it's the finest devotional I have ever read. 
and just absolutely incredible. Just a little snippet every day, half a page um, every day, but they're so powerful. And I was just reading this morning, I was catching up a few days, and I just read this morning the thoughts or six principles about being an example. It really was talking about how as parents, your kids can be proud of you. And how your kids can be proud of you. And I just want to share these six things with you really quick. We've got them on a sheet at the back. So if you don't take notes, it's okay. But I encourage you on the way out, grab one. Keep it in your Bible. Keep it handy because it's really good. But I want to show you how six different ways to be an example to your kids. Okay, I've got nine minutes to do it. So I'm going to fly through it. Number one is this. Assure them of your love. Assure them of your love. They must know that your love isn't given and it will never be withdrawn because of their appearance, their achievements, or their actions. Come on, let them know they are loved for who they are and that their worth in your eyes is never at a question. Okay, we don't love the sin if they are in sin, but we love the person. Assure them of that love. Let them know that they are loved. Sometimes love has to be tough. We understand that. But let them know, assure them of that love. What an example we can be to our children as being that. Because what did we do when we were young? And it's a good job our young people are out here because we can be honest. But what did we do when someone told us not to do something? Someone told us that, that, what did we do? We rebelled and it drove us further. But yet, what does love do? Love can win people back. Love can do it. So number one, assure them of your love. Number two, build strong character and godly values. In order to build a strong character and godly values, they've got to see strong character and godly values. If they're just hearing it, it's backwards. Proverbs 22 verse 6 tells us, train up a child in the way that they should go. He or she should go. And when he or she is old, guess what? They will not depart from it. What? The morals, the standards, the things that you have implemented, that you have given into their lives. Notice it says, train them up in the way they should go. The thought is, when they're young, to begin young, training them up. It's easier when they're younger. It's harder when they're older, but it's not impossible. It's never too late to start training, to start changing those things. Come on, don't compromise your values. So many people today compromise their values. Well, everyone else is doing it. Well, just because everyone else is doing it, it's probably a reason that you shouldn't do it. Because if everyone else is doing it, it's probably not for you. It's not for your family. So don't compromise your values. Be an example to them and not just in church. A lot of people are example in church. But that's the problem why kids are not in church, because they see you out of church. Come on, we're an example not only in church, but everywhere we live. And as I said, the best way to build strong character and godly values is in your children for them to see those things lived out in your life. By example, isn't that the message we're talking about? Here's number three. Establish clear boundaries. Establish clear boundaries for your life and be consistent in maintaining them. Do children like rules? No. But guess what? Your first goal is not to make your child happy. It's to teach them responsibility. And when you teach them responsibility, guess what? Happiness follows that. So be an example, setting the boundaries, but living the boundaries 
that you are setting for your children. Number four, help them to discover their potential. That means listening, observing, and once their talents are identified, help and develop them. Romans 12 verse 6 talks about each one of us has different gifts that God has given to us. And we're to see those gifts in our children. We're to see them. We're to nurture them. We're to grow them. You're not going to grow that if you're not trying to be an example to them because you're going to lead them in the wrong pathway. But as your life is an example, as you get your life straight, guess what? You can help get their life straight. Number five, don't try to duplicate yourself through them. One thing we've got to realize is kids are not another chance or a new chance for us to accomplish what we didn't. Let me say that again. Our children are not a new chance or a new opportunity for us to accomplish in them what we didn't. You may become second in the beauty prom. That doesn't mean that they now have to be first. Guess what? So you can live out that fantasy that you had. Think about that. Don't duplicate yourself through them. Now, I'm so glad and absolutely delighted that in my desk it says Pastor Philip Pimlock and Luke has got a post-it on there. It says, and Luke. So it's Pastor Philip and Luke. Walked in my office the other day and he's sitting there in the chair and he looks at me and he says, Dad, see all this? One day it's all going to be mine. I'm like, praise God. That is awesome. Great. But you know what? If that's not what God has, I'm not going to allow my life to be duplicated out through his. Don't try to make them something that God and the rest of us doesn't need one more of. Okay. And last but not least, number six. Encourage them to pursue their life's vision. Don't pour cold water on the fire of their enthusiasm. Fan it. Help them. Help them. And really, those six points, we could preach a whole series on that, which we've just given to you in basically five minutes. But like I said, there's some cards at the back for you to take and look at that. But let me say this again. Through each one of the points as parents and how we need to raise our children, Each point screams out this thought. Parents, be a godly example to your kids. Make sure that they both see it and hear it. Remember what we said, they've got to see it first and then they've got to hear it second. And I'm telling you, it really is the season for us to be an example. If you're a parent, be an example. But wherever you're at, wherever you go, let your light so shine before men that they may see something inside of you that will turn them on to a God that's alive in you. There's so many people lost today that have never heard about Jesus or don't know about Jesus. But you know what? There's a whole lot of people out there who were lost. Why? Because of so-called Christians and because of people who didn't live a godly life. And as a result, they've been wounded, they've been hurt, they're disillusioned, they're sceptical, they're cynical to Christianity and they are to church. Guess what? As a church, we're going after those who have never been saved and we're going after those who are unchurched right now. Because our vision is to accomplish every one of them and to bring them all in. And how are we going to do that? By being an example wherever we go. By being an example. Remember what we talk about in this church? We say HFLC, Heartsease Family Life Church, is a safe place for people. Not because the gospel's watered down and we're not going to give them the truth, 
but it's a safe place because we're not going to misuse, mishandle, or we're not going to hurt people in any way. We're not going to manipulate, misuse, or mishandle people, but we're going to give them the truth of God's word, a place where they can come and life can start, love can happen, and purpose can be revealed. So that's the vision of our church, where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. In other words, at this church, our desire, my desire as a pastor to see in every one of your lives is that you'll live an example for Christ. You know, we say this to our kids a lot, and I know you probably say it to yours too. We're not asking you to be straight-A students. All we're asking is for you to what? Try your best. To be your best. Anyone ever said that to your kids? And the reason you said that to your kids is because your parents probably said it to you. I wasn't an A-grade student across the board at school. But you know what? My mum had a lot of reason to be mad with me because I really didn't try my best. I got A++++ for PE and sports, but not for other things. Okay? And I told you this story once. I I failed out in my A-levels, and the only thing that saved me was I led a kid to the Lord, and my mum said, I guess it was worth it. Well, she didn't say, I guess it was worth it, like he wasn't important, but that was my golden ticket. That was my Willy Wonka experience right there. I got out of jail. If anyone played Monopoly, that was my get-out-of-jail-free card. But what I'm trying to say is this. We're not asking every one of you to know every scripture in the Bible. We're not asking every one of you to be a preacher because we'd have no one to preach to. But what we're asking is for every one of you to be the best that you can be. Come on. And I think if I was to ask every one of you, are you the best you can be with your kids? Are you the best you can be with your people at work? Are you the best that you can be with the people around you in your neighborhood? I think most of us would have to say, got some room for improving. Got some room for improving. But that's the beauty about church, isn't it? It's a place where we can be steered right. Not chastised, but we can be corrected. We can be disciplined. We can be set straight. And we can be given the tools to know how to do that. And how to see our lives changed. You know, we want to be an example for Christ. And we want you to join that cause with your life. We want you to be an example. People are listening. People are watching. Make a difference by being you. And you know what you are? Or what you need to be? All that God created you to be. Come on, be an example. Be an example. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.